You're listening to Work It Lady, where the goal is for all ladies to be the best versions of ourselves. And if we happen to be moms, be the best moms ever and maintain our sanity while we do it. So ladies, this is going to be a great episode for those of us who are moms or if you are working with little ones because hey, we're always trying to maintain our sanity with our little ones, right? And to do that, I've kind of recently been on this whole kick of educating myself as much as possible on training little ones, on being a better parent, on things that I can do to show up well for my kids, not be overwhelmed, all that good stuff. And uh, one thing that has uh, kind of come up is we're going to have a great conversation today about this book. So this is a very nice book that a lovely lady named Julie, who is here today, um, her and I are going to talk about. This is her book. Hi, Julie. How are you today? Hello. I'm great. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you so much for being here. Now, the name of your book is A Year of Intentional Parenting. And I want to thank you so much um, for sending a copy of this over to me. I am thoroughly enjoying the read. And I have to say, it's just the right size. Okay, ladies, hop over to YouTube and look at this on YouTube because, you know, when the book is like this thick, it just intimidates me. I'm like, I don't have the time. It ain't going to happen. You know, it looks great, but this is just the perfect size. It's like bigger than a pamphlet, but a little smaller than like super thick book. It's just right for a mom. Um, you're definitely going to be able to read this and, you know, even cover to cover or just a, take a couple of days with it because, you know, that was my experience. But anyway, let me not talk too much here. I want to ask Julie a couple of questions, just kind of some, some general questions first on what made you um, go ahead and, and publish this book. So what was your motivation for creating this book? Well, I have to mention that I co-wrote this book with a lady who was my business partner at the time. Her name is Gail Bell. And Gail and I, 20 years ago, we started a company called Parenting Power. And we spent 18 and a half years in that company and we had the best time and we helped so many parents. We were named one of Canada's top five parenting blogs. We're up here in Calgary, Canada. And a lot of the blogs went into this book. And so what you'll, what you'll notice and what your readers, readers will discover is that it's 52 parenting tips, one for each week of the year because our, our thinking in a year of intentional parenting, we know parents are busy, they don't have a ton of time to read, and they don't want the pressure to try to make a ton of changes. So once a week, you read one little two page section of the book, and then you try to apply that into the year or, or into that week, I guess. Mm -hmm. And so by the end of the year, you've added 52 new tools into your toolbox, or you can just look it up and, uh, and choose the one, you know, if you're, if you're really struggling with how to have patience, or if you're really struggling with what to do, uh, there's so many different tips in there. So you can really just turn right to the tip, but we made the chapters really short so that it's not a long read. It's just a quick tip, some good words to say in the heat of the moment mm -hmm. and to help parents feel like they were capable, like they could jump into that situation, knowing what they were going to say in the moment. Yeah, and I, I thank you for that. I really do feel like it's it's so easy to kind of jump in like that, you know. I kind of got a little addicted and started reading ahead. <laughs> I didn't follow the No, that's fine. That's great. <laughs> how you're supposed to do it. But I mean, they're just really good. And I mean, even just the way that 
it's written. I love the way that it is spaced out. It kind of breaks it down like step by step and gives you a couple lines to say. So for me, I, I love books like this because it's more of like a how-to book. Mm -hmm. You know, it's very practical and, and you can read a couple pages and take something away and go use it. You don't have to read all the way to the back to, to get the point, you know? So I am just in love with this book. Now, I wanted to pick your brain on one chapter, the first one that I liked that stood out to me, which was organization, organization, routines <laughs> to build with your kids. Now, I want to hear like from you on this. Um, now, there's a couple things that you talk about, you know, um, but what, what, what could you share from this tight this chapter on organization that you feel that, you know, would be important for the moms listening to take to heart and try to implement. Right. So everybody's different. Mm -hmm. And for some people you say organization and they're going to eat it up like, oh yes, do I get to buy things? Can I make little <laughs> structures? Can I design beautiful boards? And other people are going to feel like if one more person tells me to get organized, I'm going to lose it. Right. So here's the thing you have to make whatever tools you use, you have to make them your own. Don't try to be somebody else. Mm -hmm. know, you know, know yourself. And yes, you might want to be somebody super duper organized, but depending on the ages of your kids, depending on how much sleep you're getting, uh, depending on how many pandemics you've lived through, you know, <laughs> we wrote this book way, way, way ahead of the pandemic. You just might not have it in you and that's okay. So come to your level of organization. But the key issue is this, when our kids don't know what's happening, when our kids don't know what's expected, or if our kids just think it's expected for us to just run around and nag them all the time, mm -hmm. then that's what's going to happen. They're going to be pestering us. They're not going to listen. They're going to wait for us to nag. They're going to wait for us to take on the responsibility. But when we get organized, and you might just pick one element of your day where you're going to be a little bit more organized. Maybe it's bedtime. Maybe it's mealtime. Maybe it's getting out the door in the morning. Maybe it's packing the school bags what, or homework time, whatever it is. If we can create some structure so that everybody knows their job for that piece of time, mom's job is this, child's job is this, the stuff goes in the same place all the time, or, or we walk in the door, we take our stuff out of our backpacks, we empty our lunch boxes into the sink, and we put the back the lunch boxes in the little cubby that says lunch box, whatever it is. If you can make a habit that is the same every day then it means less nagging for you mm -hmm. because everybody knows what's expected and it helps the kids to feel like they can be helpers because they know the plan as well. So when, when you're doing this, it it's often feels easier for us as, as the parent to just say, I'm going to tell you how this is going to go. And then you're going to do this. And we know that when someone just tells us from above and doesn't ask our opinion, even though we're the people who have to do the stuff, we kind of want to fight back. And that's what we get from our kids. So one of the best ways to get buy-in is to say, as a team, so it's the whole family or it's you and your kids or wh whoever is going to be doing this thing, as a team, let's brainstorm some ideas about how this piece of the day is going to go write it all down, get a big piece of paper or stick it, sticky notes or whatever feels right for your family. And then see if you can use some, but everybody's idea in some way. So, or, you know, even lead the witness, like 
uh, you could say to them, well, do you think that we should do this first or this? Mm. So you're telling them the things, but then they're feeling like they get to choose the order. So they're feeling like they have a say, you're feeling like you have a say, and then write it down. And if you have kids who are young and aren't good readers, write it down with pictures and stick it somewhere, wherever the thing is. So if this is happening in the kitchen, put it in the kitchen. If it's happening in the bathroom, you know, if it's a rule about brushing teeth and washing faces and all that stuff, put it in a little plastic page protector and stick it on the bathroom mirror so that everybody can see it. And if it gets wet, you can just wipe it off. Um, because then we don't have to be the nagging person telling the kids what to do. We can just say, what does the list say? What's next on the, pl on the plan? And then they can tell you. And so they are the people who seem like the experts. They feel like they've got some autonomy in it instead of just you. So, or, you know, you don't have to be a hundred percent organized if that's not who you are. But just pick one area so that you can work on that. And then when that's working really well, then move to the next one. You've got all the time in the world, but it'll be amazing how good people will feel because everybody will have an understanding of what's supposed to happen. I love that. And you make so many good points on there. And I think for us, you know, as moms, like you said, maybe we're not, some of us might not be as organized. I'm more of an organized type of person. So I, I can get that. But, you know, I can see the other side of the coin too. And maybe just picking, you know, getting out of the door. Is there any something I could, you know, do to organize my shoes, you know, and so mm -hmm. the kids know where they're at or organize just the bathroom or meal time or like you mentioned. And I appreciate how you, you kind of break it down that way in the book, you know, um, and everything. So I think this is great for us. And I just want to mention too, that I'm starting to notice that kind of school of thought with any, no matter where, you know, you go for this type of parenting advice, you're going to get some sort of, of a breakdown of organization. And I think from what I've learned, and you can chime in more on this, we're kind of wired up naturally, and especially kids, maybe even more so than adults, to know what's coming. Like kids want to know what's next. They want to know how they fit into the puzzle. Um, and they don't have that patience. Like, you know, when we're at a job and, you know, we're being kind of told what to do, we're like, okay, it's not organized. I'll wait. They'll get it together. Kids are like, what are we doing? <laughs> this yeah. is not organized right now. <laughs> That's right. And so the biggest, some of the biggest battles we have with our kids it, um, are around control, power and control, right? Uh -huh. Our kids want to be able to be the ones telling us what's going on. We want our kids to do what we want them to do. So when you don't know what you're supposed to do, you feel like you have no power. And when kids don't have power, they fight for power. So one of the best things that we can do if we're in a power struggle, if we find ourselves constantly fighting our kids over power things, you do this. No, I'm not going to do that. Or, uh, you know, or you're making me do everything. I don't get a say in anything. Mm -hmm. Kids want to feel like they have power. Adults do too. Mm -hmm. But oftentimes as parents, we're doing stuff out of our head. We know what the schedule is in our head but our kids are not mind readers. They don't know. And so the more that we can give them that sense of control, here's the schedule, here's what's happening, or even here's a tiny piece of the schedule that's happening right now. That's great. Then they can kind of 
hold on to it, maybe not concretely, although if it's a real schedule, they can, you know, they can look on the calendar, they can see if they have a swimming lesson today, they can see if they need to take their library books to school, whatever it is, the more we can let them know, then they feel they've got power and they don't have to fight us for power as much, which means fewer battles with our kids, right? So then we have more energy and we can bring a nicer version of ourselves into the conversation as well. So it works for everybody. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's what we wanna do. We don't wanna be the, you know, mommy out of sorts all the time. Now, nope. I wanna talk on another piece here in the book, which is the gift of mistakes. That's a, um, a, a little towards the middle of the book. And yep. I like that. Uh, can you tell us, well, so what do you mean by the gift of mistakes? What's this about? Well, <laughs> I wrote this book almost 10 years ago. <laughs> so I'd love to be able to tell you like right off the top what, what's in there. But I think I can tell you, which is we, if we don't let our kids make mistakes, they will never learn. Most of what we learn comes from mistakes. Mm -hmm. And so part of it is if our kids make a mistake, we need to be quick to not jump in there and rescue them. We need to, to be okay with mistakes, but we also have to allow ourselves to make mistakes as well. Mm -hmm. Because if the moment we make a mistake, we say things like, oh my God, I'm so stupid. Or how could I have done that? What kind of a mother am I? Or you know, what's wrong with me? How could I do that? Mm. Then the message that we're sending to our kids is, it's not okay to make mistakes. Mm. And so we need to show compassion and kindness for ourselves because our kids are watching everything we do, right? Yeah. So we need to be kind to ourselves when we make a mistake. We need to be willing to make a mistake. Sometimes we might try something even if we don't have all the answers and give it a try. And sometimes it's going to work and sometimes it isn't. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. um, so that we can model that for our kids. And then that's going to help them when, when we hear our kids beating themselves up for a mistake. Again, we need to be like, hey, you tried. Mm -hmm. Way to go. Sounds like you're really disappointed. That's okay. And we can learn from that disappointment. So where can we go from there? Now, I'm not sure that that's what that chapter of the book says, but I hope yeah. it's close. <laughs> yeah, that's, and that's pretty much, you know, exactly, you know, what you said. Um, I like this part here. You says, while we're living um, with tenacious assignment, we have the opportunity to practice uh, parenting, not just from time to time, but daily. And, you know, that's kind of to the point of, you know, be aware of, you know, how you respond to mistakes on, on a daily, you know, the language that they're hearing us say and everything like that. So I, I think this is just great. I've, I've learned a lot um, for this book from this book. Um, and then I like here on this other page too, guys, the back page of that it's um, the defective judgment, um, deficient knowledge and carelessness. Um, you just kind of talk and kind of break those things down. Um, so I just want to say, guys, the, the book is great. It's a very easy read. It's not an overwhelming read, especially for a busy mom. This is something you can kind of at nighttime when I have a little minute right before I get in bed, I'll read, you know, a little bit of it. And I'm finding it very, very beneficial. Um, and so I wanted to ask you a little bit more, just kind of like your your background um, in, in, in this field. You know, um, you kind of talked earlier about, you know, your business partner and you guys had this amazing blog do you still have the blog 
no, we don't actually parenting power. It turned 18. It became an adult. We let it go off. <laughs> okay. And, and we, uh, and we decided to go off on our own and do other things. And, and that's awesome. We're so grateful to each other for, for that time. And, and we're, we're good friends. And uh, we just wanted to try to do something a little bit different because we've been doing it for a long time. Uh, and so what I have done now is started my own company mm-hmm. and I am doing some blogging. I'm just starting up again, but much of what I'm doing is just working one-on-one with families and helping them, helping parents to find their voice. So the, the three key things that I'm doing right now is I'm helping parents figure out what to say, mm-hmm. how to say it, and how to ask for what they want and what they need. And sometimes I'm doing that in very tactical ways. So, you know, those moments where, I don't know if you've got a young child in a high chair who keeps throwing their fork down to the ground or something, you know, how do we deal with that? How do I deal with a three-year-old who keeps coming into my bed in the middle of the night? So these kind of tactical strategies, hacks for families. Some of it is more practical. So how do I work on helping my child build self-esteem or how do I support my child Uh, in learning social skills. We've had so many kids throughout COVID Mm. who just haven't really had that opportunity to build social skills and learn how to interact. And now they're back in that, in that world, right. Trying to learn that. And then a lot of it is personal. What I have learned so much of over the last 20 years working with families is that a lot of it is just the stuff that we as parents are bringing to this job. We want to do our best but we've never done it before. So how is that possible? Again, there's a daily opportunity for mistakes, right? Our kids are going to make, are going to do something. We may or may not solve the problem correctly. And another, the next day, that problem is going to come back for us to solve again. Mm -hmm. So part of it is not getting too down on ourselves because it's really easy especially when we're looking at social media where everybody's posting pictures of everything that's going right. 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 It's really easy to feel like we're the only parent who can't figure this out. Mm -hmm. And what I can tell you is no, almost all parents are going through exactly the same battles and struggles. And as a community, if we can come together and be more open about talking about these things and working together to support each other in solving them, then we won't have those negative pressures on ourselves. We'll be able to, to support each other and come through. Obviously, we're not all going through exactly the same things and based on culture and based on where we live and what our upbringing has been, we're all going to bring a slightly different level of experience. So I'm not saying, you know, everybody's the same. That's not the case. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the struggles that we're facing as parents are the same. Mm-hmm. And especially um, one of the big things that I'm talking with a lot of parents about is this is the fear we have the worries we have about our kids about what the last two years has done about uh, what our kids have to face and it's really easy to get stuck in this place of worry and fear and have many of our parenting decisions coming from that place and what I'm really um, encouraging families to do and parents to do is just to be aware of how much of that fear and worry is having an impact on parenting. Because again, our kids are watching us all the time and they're going to learn that worry that they're going to internalize that worry. Mm. Um, So we have an opportunity to check in with ourselves and to help ourselves move past that. And that's part of what I do with families so that they can bring 
a more confident self, a more um, kind of freed, freed version of themselves. They can bring joy, they can bring hope and courage to the conversations that we're having with kids so that the kids can, can still feel like there's some hope. And right now, a lot of the time, it doesn't feel that way. So I'm, I'm really enjoying the conversations that I'm having and helping people shift their mindset so that they can bring just a more hopeful version of themselves to, to their families. I love that. That's great. You're doing something that's so needed right now. And you touched on so many things. And um, I know, um, you know, um, your new business um, is is a, a big part of kind of everything that you're doing. Now, can you share with us maybe prior um, to this new business and prior to the book? What was your um, background? What, what's your Are you um, a psychologist? Or? Oh, actually, no, I'm not. I, um, Gail and I were teachers together. So for many, many years we taught, I'm a musician. Um, and, and I, that's another side hustle of mine. And for years I was a music teacher and I always loved the kids who just didn't seem to fit in or weren't quite behaving right, or were struggling a little bit. And I always love helping people find their their ray of light, their, their thing that that's going to work for them and help them to feel like they can, you know, that, that they are capable, even if they don't quite fit in and they can't quite follow all the rules. And so I had lots of parents always asking me questions about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, my child seems to do okay in your class. How can I, you know, how can I make that work better in other situations? And Gail was the same. She was the head of school in the school where we were teaching and we loved helping parents figure out their kids because when you when you when you don't know what to do, it can feel so hopeless and frustrating. Mm-hmm. And the moment that I mean, and this is the same in any situation, right? Somebody give somebody helps you to see something differently or gives you the words to say, and then you think, "Aha, I can do this!" Mm-hmm. And suddenly, you just you bring a whole new self to the situation. And so that was happening in our classroom. We wanted to um, both be at home with with our kids. And so we started our own company. So that would allow us to do that. And over 20 years, really, we've read a ton of books. We've worked with thousands and thousands of parents. And the key is really to help meet, to, to meet, meet parents where they are. So just as I said about the organization, it doesn't matter if you aren't going to parent the way I would parent, because you're not me and you have different things happening in your life than I have happening in my life. What matters is that you're going to parent with the values that are important to you. Mm-hmm. And you're going to teach your child or your children what's important, what you feel is important, right? And, and so whenever I work with a family, it's always about how is it going to work for them, meeting them where they are and taking them to where they want to go with language that fits their mouth, not my language, but their language. Because if you try to do something that doesn't fit for you, it's like wearing the wrong clothes or like, you know, it's just not who you are and you're, you're going to revert back to who you are. So you may as well start with who you are mm-hmm. and build from there. And, and that's really what I love to do with families. That is just incredible. And I, I like the fact that you were a teacher. You, I mean, I feel like there's something about teachers, you know, I can still to this day, remember the teachers that were, you know, instrumental in my life. And I feel like, teachers who teach like elementary even the high up through high school you have an opportunity to connect with a child at those very impressionable you know ages where you may not realize 
they're listening to you, but they are, you know, they may shrug you off and actually laugh, you know, at what you say to them, but they remember it years later. I certainly do. And so kudos to you for, you know, taking that gift, that ability to connect and, and help the kids and the parents to kind of get onto the same page and, and turning that into a larger way to help because collectively as women, when we share these different experiences, you having this unique, you know, um, uh, perspective as being a teacher and then uh, reaching out and helping other parents, all of that is helpful information for all of us to know other moms, different lives, doesn't matter where you are in Canada, South America, whatever, because like you mentioned, those struggles, some of them are going to be the same, you know? And so I think it's just great for us women to, to have these types of conversations. And the fact that we can talk to you today, you know, as a successful, as a successful author and, you know, to, to get this information, I'm really, I'm really happy about that. So thank you so much for, for sharing um, all of your expertise in this area. And I wish you all the best with your exciting new business. And especially for me, I'm kind of at that, at that point where I have one that's transitioning from toddler into little kid. And so now I'm understanding that there's more information required that I as a mommy need to supply. Like, what are we doing? And why are we going? And when are we coming back? And I don't want to do that. And I'm so used to just, okay, this is what we're doing. Okay. So um, I feel like this book is going to be key to helping me get through some of that, that turmoil. Oh, for sure. Uh, and it's coming, <laughs> which, you know, so two key things are happening. Number one, developmentally, your daughter is at a place where she doesn't understand that there's more than one perspective. It's, she thinks you're thinking exactly the same thing she's thinking. So when you say, so she's in the middle of playing and you say, it's time for dinner. No, it's not like, no, it's not because That's exactly what <laughs> I haven't finished playing yet. And you know that. And so, so it's not that she doesn't like your point of view. It's that it's, it's like that little man in the princess bride where he says, it's inconceivable. <laughs> it is inconceivable mom that you would say that we are done playing when we both know we're not done playing right okay. so instead and and you're going to be in that until four and a half five years old mm -hmm. so instead that's why that organization works so clearly because if if everybody is agreed that playtime always ends when the clock says this or when you know when when uh when it's when it gets dark outside or whatever the rule is whatever the organization is then your daughter's way of thinking and your way of thinking will be the same playtime is over or like if you're playing the same song if if there's a song that she loves and you put that song on and then at the end of the song is when playtime's done then it's a cue for her even if she doesn't know what the time is it's like this song means playtime is done it's time to go to the dinner table mm -hmm. then you and she are both on the same wavelength. So you don't get that fighting for control because everybody understands that's what it means. And so some of those transition things can be made much more easy. The other thing is she's going to ask you why a thousand times. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> and you don't always have to answer. Uh, okay. So you could just say, so you could ask her, well, why do you think? Or you could say, my favorite line to that is, why indeed? <laughs> <laughs> I love 
<laughs> Why and, is he? I'm using that tonight, yeah. okay? And that, and like that's done. And because you don't have to give in to everything. Like they do want to know. Mm-hmm. You don't need to be rude about it, but you can just be respectful. Yeah. I'm done talking about this. We can talk more about it next time or whatever. So you have, doesn't mean she's going to say, okay, mommy, with a smile. She Mm -hmm. might not, Mm -hmm. but you, you can still have some control there, but it's an amazing time. I mean, they learn something new every day. They want to help so badly. And that's another reason why creating this list of things they can do and meeting them where they are and giving them responsibility is such a great thing to do at this age, because they want to prove how capable they are. And uh, there's always great things they can do. I have a list of, of age appropriate tasks hmm. that, uh, that if, you're, if your viewers or listeners are interested in, I, I'm happy to send that their way. And if anybody wants to get a hold of me, probably the best way to do it is to go to my Instagram, which is at julie.f.s. And you'll, uh-huh. you'll probably link to that, I presume. Yes. And in my link tree, they can connect with me and they can find out how to get the book and they can find out how to uh, have a call with me and see if there, if there's something I can help them with or send me an email question, whatever they need, all that contact information is in my link tree on my Instagram. Beautiful. I love that. Um, Guys, this has been so informative with Julie today. Um, I want to thank you so much, Julie, for being here. This has been just great. My pleasure. And I don't be too hard on yourselves as parents. Everybody have some compassion. This is hard, hard work. And if you're not the best mommy every day, even if you're the a good enough mommy, that's awesome. I love that. That's the type of encouragement we need, you know, for those days where your mom guilt is through the roof and you feel awful about things. That is exactly, that's exactly what we need to hear. So um, this has been very informative for me. I really want to thank you so much for taking the time to be here. I'm sure um, the listeners are going to enjoy for the moms and the, maybe you work in a school, you work with little ones. This is great information uh, for us guys. So I will definitely um, link Julie's information here um, to the episode. You'll be able to grab that on podcast or on YouTube. Um, Definitely recommend heading over to her Instagram and connecting for those tips. And I want to thank you for listening to Work It Lady. Have a great day and we'll see you in the next episode.